0: As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like and comment so more people can see it.
1: Hi friends, my name is Paul Renner. Welcome to The Home Group tonight. Today, I'll be leading the home group instead of my father. He asked me to lead because he's busy doing something else. We have been talking this week about how to avoid, how to overcome temptation, and it has been a lot of fun. Here in the studio during the home group, we have been laughing. We've been sharing stories. If you have enjoyed it, please let us know in the comment section which story perhaps you have enjoyed the most. Along with me today here in the studio is my mother. Hi, Mama. Hi,
2: son. And hi, home group. We're just really glad to be sharing this special
0: time with you. We really are in a lot of stories. Man, we've been really vulnerable. Paul,
1: yesterday, (laughs) screwdriver story. Pretty serious. Duct tape. Duct tape. My temptation to buy extra duct tape at the cash register.
0: (sighs) I did not know. Now I know what to buy you for your birthday. Oh,
1: Joel, if you bought me a roll of duct tape, I would be so happy.
2: (laughs) What about a screwdriver?
1: Well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of picky. We were talking about overspending yesterday, and I shared about how I have a temptation to overspend when I go to a construction store. Uh, What are your temptations at the construction store, if, of course, that's a thing for you?
0: Uh Okay. Well, I want to tell you, before we get into today's subject, which is about overcoming temptations. We want to give you guys, you have to go to our website to get it, but you can download, today's the last day you can download it, this wonderful study guide where dad teaches in depth and you can follow along and study with him how to overcome temptations. It is such a good study guide. And along with it, of course, is the series where he teaches from the daily TV program on this subject. And he shares from the Bible, from the scripture, from all the Greek words, he gives his own wonderful examples. Please order this today. And as well, please order A Life Ablaze, How to Rekindle Your Life for Jesus. You know, as Christians, when we get saved, we're all on fire. We want to tell the whole world. And as time goes by, sometimes our files can you know, kind of dwindle. How do you rekindle those fires? That's what this book is about. And we want you to order it. Thank you.
1: Our anchor verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and here the Apostle Paul talks about temptation. There hath no temptation taken you, and sometimes we really feel like our temptations have taken control of us. The word taken here means to grab a hold of, to take a grip of. There hath no temptation taken you, no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. The temptations that we experience are common to all people. Sometimes we think we're special. Sometimes we think no one else is experiencing this. Sometimes we think no one else has experienced this exactly the way I'm experiencing it because we get caught up in it. And every once in a while, we become slaves to our temptations. That's kind of more about what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes our temptations are uh, they seem light, they, they seem, it's not so bad, I can afford it, I can eat a, bit, a little bit more, uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes our temptations or the things that we're tempted to do are even hidden in good intentions, but every once in a while we become slaves to our temptations, and as soon as we become slaves to our temptations, then it's our urges and our temptations They begin to control us and begin to steal from us instead of us being free. And the Lord has given us freedom. He's given us freedom and we have the power to say no. We have everything we need in us, the Holy Spirit, to lead us out of these situations. In fact, here in 1 Corinthians 10, it even says, make a way to escape. So there is a way of escape even if you find yourself in situations where you feel like you have become a slave to certain temptations. So when we talk about fleeing from temptations, making a way of escape, we have to want to flee. There's always a way out. There's always a door. There's always an exit. Uh, And sometimes the Lord provides exits for us in creative ways. There's always a way out. There's always a way to say no. There's always a way to make a new decision, make new decisions every day. But we have to want to find our way out. We have to want to follow after him and we have to be sensitive to him as we say no to temptations. Now we've talked about relationships, being in peace with all people. We've talked about overeating, we've talked about saying no to overspending, and today I'd like to talk more about sexual temptations or temptations that we obviously know are bad for us. There are some things that we do initially, we know that they're bad. Now, a lot of the temptations that we have, they they may even start as good intentions. They, they, may even, they even may be okay, but then eventually they begin to control us or then eventually it's difficult for us to say no or instead of doing something with good intentions, we finally begin to move in the flesh and we just do things because it's comfortable. We like doing it. But some of the temptations that we fall into, we initially know this is bad. But our flesh tells us, yeah, but you're going to have fun. This is bad. Yeah, but you're going to enjoy it so much. So some of these temptations, they, they come with a label that says danger, but we then ignore it because we think the benefits are going to outweigh, or our flesh tells us that the benefits are going to outweigh the risk or the potential risk. Kind of like driving. There are always speed limits. Uh, and we know the speed limits exist because if you drive faster than the speed limit, then there are substantial risks. There are substantial risks for you, for your car, for the people that are in your car with us, with you. But there are also substantial risks for the people surrounding you. And when you begin to drive faster than the speed limit, then you begin to—it's now, it's now you're now you are responsible. Uh, you're the one that has crossed that line. You're now in the danger zone. But you may think, why did we cross the speed limit? Well, we do it because we think, yeah, there are risks, but the benefits outweigh the risk. I'll get there quicker. Or maybe I'll have more fun driving if I drive faster than the speed limit. Life will just be more exciting. Or I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. They can't tell me what to do. I want to do it the way I want to do it. And so when you drive faster than the speed limit, when you break the rules, when you're in the danger zone, yes, there are risks for you and for the people around you, and there probably will be consequences like uh, a speeding ticket. So when you get into these areas of your life where you know there's, there's a big danger sign there, but your flesh says the benefits are going to outweigh the risk, it's going to be fun, and no one will notice. You're not hurting anyone, just like when you drive faster than the speed limit. You think, nothing happened, didn't hurt anyone. Well, maybe this time you didn't hurt anyone. Or maybe this time you didn't get a speeding ticket. But you definitely set a bad example and you taught yourself to do something wrong. And then your flesh got the better of you. So next time when something actually happens... Whose whose fault will it be? It'll be your fault because you're the one that eventually talked yourself into ignoring the danger sign. So there are these danger signs that our flesh wants to ignore. Holy Spirit and common sense helps us stay in these lines. Mm. Well, Paul, I
0: think that falling into any temptation, especially this one, is painful to everyone. You know, it might be enjoyable just for a moment. But in the long run, ten years, twenty years, thirty years down the road, it will hurt other people, just like what you're saying. You know, maybe you can get away for for a little while, but you know, can you really get away from erupting on other people around you, or overspending forever? Of course not. And it's the same way in this category. And, Mom, I know you counsel a lot of people, and I'm sure that this comes up, and I want to hear what you have to say.
2: Well, I'm I'm thinking about spouses actually, and maybe one spouse is involved in pornography and how that hurts the other spouse absolutely it's like it's like committing adultery on the other spouse and and again that spouse might think uh well you know nobody sees this i am not hurting anyone uh just like paul said uh this is feeding my flesh and and then, you know, then you get hooked on it and and then, then it's a secret. Then it's a division between your spouse and then it brings pain and mistrust. And eventually it brings destruction and um, all sexual adultery, uh, uh, pornography, uh, uh fornication, looking at other people who aren't your spouse and lusting after them, it all creates a pain in the other spouse. And you've got to think deep. We've got to think deeper than ourselves. Bible says to consider one another. And if as a spouse, you just think about yourself, you're not considering, you're not considering one another. And and also, you even, maybe you're even on the verge of breaking a covenant, a covenant that you made with your spouse that I will be for you and you will be for me. And then, and then this uh, another person gets involved, uh, or this pornography gets involved, and all of a sudden, something's come in between that covenant. And, and breaking that covenant and breaking that heart of that other person. And if you have children, pain to the children, things that develop in the children that then they have to deal with. And so just thinking about ourselves is not the answer. We find a great wisdom in thinking about others. Mm-hmm. Paul was talking about driving fast and, and that, oh, well, this is fine. It's not hurting anybody. And I like how you said, Paul, it's not hurting anybody right now, but it could kill somebody. It could, it could kill you. It could cause your child to believe that it's okay. My mom does it. My dad does it. And it might kill your child. Mm-hmm. I like how you said, Paul, danger, that, that there are just danger signs in life, and we need to pay attention to those danger signs, and anything taking us away from the covenant that we made with our spouse, either pornography or adultery or looking at somebody else or or getting too, too involved with somebody else on the internet or whatever it is. Think about the pain and the destruction that you, you're gonna to bring to your family. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mom, I like how you say it. You may think that you're not hurting anybody right now. Mm-hmm. But when I think about raising my children, and let's go back to driving. We all drive, so it's a pretty basic uh, example. I need to drive the way i want my teenagers to drive so my oldest son right now is in driver's ed mm-hmm. and he wants to drive he really wants to drive and it's kind of funny because your kids can't pay for cars but they want to drive your car <laughs> they 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 want more than they can afford right now they they want you to trust them with something that could potentially hurt them, of course there's a lot of benefit in driving, but they want you to trust them with something that they can't afford. Uh, So this is kind of the stage of my life Mm. that I'm in right now, I'm I'm thinking about all these things. (laughs) Uh, The best way for my child to drive safely is for me to drive safely. So if I drive with my seatbelt on and they see me doing that, they'll probably do that too. But if I drive and talk on my phone, they'll probably think that it's okay to drive and talk on your phone at the same time. If I drive faster than the speed limit uh, allows, and nothing happens to me, uh, then they'll assume that it's okay for them to drive faster than the speed limit and nothing will happen to them. I don't want them to do those things. And if I don't want them to do those things, then I need to drive now the way I would like them to drive. Uh, it's, it's very basic. It's, it's really easy to follow it when you put it in these kind of categories. Well, the same thing applies to everything else in life uh, about your sexual purity. If you want to save the marriage, perhaps you think there's there's no saving my marriage anymore. Uh, you know, Maybe you're already divorced. Uh, it couldn't get any worse. Uh, I'm not hurting anyone now. There's no one else. There's, there's no one to hurt left in the relationship. But your children are watching you. And if your children know that that's your lifestyle or if that you're practicing things that you shouldn't be doing, then eventually your kids will think, hey, you know, it worked out for them, nothing wrong here, I can do this and that. I mean, These things are compatible, they're not compatible, you, they're just incompatible things and we need to work towards having as few as possible these incompatible things in our lives where we need to work towards holiness. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lusts. It's pretty simple. Flee. Run as fast as possible to escape, to use one's feet to move fast. Fast as possible to get out of an unprofitable situation. Flee. Flee youthful. Youthful, immature situations. There there are some things that we, we tend to like. We, we, we tend to like them because, you know, they're, they're fun, they're youthful. Uh, and right now, everyone wants to look more youthful, right? Right now, everyone wants to look younger. And there's, there's nothing wrong in looking younger, but there is something wrong in following after youthful lusts. We're supposed to be mature. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be smarter than that. So as we try to look young, we need, well, you can look long, but don't act young. <laughs> There's, you can look young, but don't act young. Act like you're an adult. Uh, flee from youthful lusts. Joel, I noticed you wanted to say something.
0: I just want to say that whenever people indulge themselves in sexual activity that's wrong, you, know, you might think, well, it's not hurting anybody else. But the truth is you're promoting those kind of activities to continue. By being involved, you're promoting more and more of that content to be produced. And so it really is harmful than just more than yourself. And praise God for the grace of God. He can pull us all out of any situation. He really can. It's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Jesus died on the cross for us. He took our sins. He took our diseases. And he can redeem us too. And if anybody's having any problem with this, just call to Jesus. He's there waiting for you. He's at the right hand of the Father. He is there for our petition. And He can come and pull you out of any situation. He really can. All you need to do is just believe. And Jesus will do it. Have faith in God. And this Bible verse says that God is faithful. Always faithful. If this says that, you can can trust it. That's the truth. The
2: Bible says in Hebrews that that we have not come before uh, uh, the throne. Uh, Oh, I'll just read it to you because it's uh, very important that we have this verse from what uh, Joel was saying, verse 15 and 16 of Hebrews chapter 4, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin you know, we don't like to think that Jesus was ever tempted with sexual sin, but it says right there. Tempted in all things. He was tempted in all things. He didn't want you to be tempted in him, not understand or sympathize. He didn't sin, but he totally understands and he can totally deliver And then it says, let us therefore come boldly. So because he is this great high priest that can be touched by our feelings and our infirmities because he was tempted in just the exact same way that you might be tempted, we might be tempted, then we can come boldly before him. Not sheepishly, not begging, not with our head down. But saying, God, I need you. You understand me. I'm sorry. Help me. Coming boldly before the throne of of grace. Isn't that amazing? It's not a throne of faith. It's a throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy. And find grace and help in your time of need. You will never, ever, ever go to that throne and come away empty. Never. There's help for us.
1: One of the things that the devil is doing right now is making things commonplace. Or that's not so bad. Everyone does it. And so it takes down, it's tearing down the sense of holiness sense of sanctification, sense of right and wrong. The devil wants things that are actually bad for you. He wants sin to seem normal and it's okay and everyone does it and, and who are you to say is wrong anyway? It's, it's, it's becoming it's becoming normal or it's becoming just the way of life, the, the normal thing to do. Uh, and, and if you say it's wrong, then at that point when you say it's wrong, then you're the one being exclusive. Then you're the one that's bigoted. Then you're the one that's setting too high of a standard. Well, the Bible sets pretty high standards. And the God sets pretty high standards for us. And we're, we're not looking for the, the mediocrity. We're looking, we're looking for excellence. Mm-hmm. We're looking for holiness. Mediocrity is not interested. We're, we're, it's, it's, it's not worth searching after. We're looking for excellence, we're looking for holiness, we're looking for His presence, we're looking for the fear of God in our lives. 1 Thessalonians 4.4 That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Sanctification and honor, possess, to control, to manage, to possess, to win the mastery over. Sanctification and honor. We have something great that we're searching for. We're reaching for the best. We're reaching for holiness. We're reaching for His presence in our lives. And we can't reach for His presence in our lives and hold on to other things at the same time. It doesn't work that way. We can't can't hold on to both things at the same time. We have to let go, turn away from some things in order to reach for His holiness and His presence in our lives. Romans 13, 14, But put the Lord Jesus Christ... But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, to gratify its desires. That we want to search after Him, and not the things of the flesh. So the idea that you can have both, it doesn't work that way. You can't just you can't have both. Uh, God saves us, and he, he He sheds His love and mercy on us, and receives us. I like to say it this way: He receives us just the way we are but then he helps us change. (laughs) So our walk with the Lord doesn't stop at the moment that we we shook hands and said, hi. Uh, Our walk with the Lord, it starts there, but that's not where it stops. He receives us just as there we are, and we we sing our song, come as you are. Uh, He receives us, but then he helps us change. So we're moving towards sanctification, we're moving towards holiness, and we can't hold on to both at the same time. We have, we have to let go of one, we have to turn away from one in order to seek out God, His presence, and the fear of God in our lives. We have to turn away from it. Paul, I want to say also that, you know,
0: fleeing temptation, that's what we're talking about. Well, that might mean you need to flee a few people in your life. People who think that sexual temptation is fine to give into well you need to flee from those people and that's just the truth you know if you want to change you have to change your environment as well it's not only have to do with overeating or being with people who are angry at themselves you need to flee from people who who fall into temptations that you're dealing with and that will greatly help you you know if you have a problem with alcohol well don't fellowship with people who are alcoholics it's the same thing here if you have trouble with sexual temptations well don't hang around with those people who think that's normal. And I think that's just a practical advice for anybody. And I just encourage you, you can defeat this. You can defeat anything with Jesus', with Jesus help. That's why He went to the cross, to take away our sins. And He is sitting at the right hand of the Father, just waiting for us. If we reach out His hand, He'll take it. That's the way it works.
1: Amen.
2: That's so good, Joel. I just want to say uh something about the marriage bed. Uh Hebrews 13, 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. God honors uh sex between husband and wife, and it is an honor and and it's to be held in honor. I just wanted to say that.
1: Amen. Lord, I thank you for the fellowship that you've given us today. I thank you, Lord, that we have the power, the strength, and the freedom to say no to temptation. Lord, I ask you to help us to resist temptation. Lord, I ask you to help us to overcome temptation. And, and we're, we're, we're reaching out for you. We want more of you in our lives. We want more holiness in our lives. In the name of Jesus, And everyone said, amen. amen. Father,
2: Father, we want to pray that if anyone listening to us is dealing with this temptation. We right now just join our faith with theirs to take that step and to turn away, to confess it to someone. Because the Bible says that if we confess our faults one to another, we'll be healed. So to confess to, confess to you and to turn away and to be free And we agree with them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.